What up, HyperChange? Welcome to another episode. Today, we're doing a financial analysis of Spotify. They've just reported their Q2 2020 results. I just got off the conference call. Very exciting quarter. Uh, obviously, I'm a little biased. I love Spotify. I think they have huge potential. It's one of my favorite apps. I'm a shareholder. Been covering it here on the channel. I think they're making some really, really key behind-the-scenes moves to really turn into an all-encompassing you know, internet audio platform, the Netflix of sound, not just music, moving to podcasts, audiobooks as well. I think this has huge potential for Spotify to turn in from you know a $50 billion company today towards hundreds of billions of dollars in the future. And I what I really love about Spotify is their mission. Their whole mission is to you know allow a million creators to reach a billion fans, basically build this platform for individual artists and creators to monetize their work, to reach their fans, uh, to spread it around the world using the internet. I love this mission. Spotify app, bring a smile to my face every single day, uh, give me my favorite music and podcast. So I'm a huge fan of the company. And without further ado, let's just dive into their results and get started here with the numbers. This is Spotify's Q2 2020 shareholder letter, 299 million uh, total monthly active users. This is the number to watch on Spotify. How many people are bumping music on Spotify? Almost 300 million people on, you know, huge, huge uh, engagement on Spotify's platform, 29% growth, 5% quarter over quarter, uh, premium subscribers, 138 million up 27%. So huge growth despite this global pandemic, um, for Spotify. I mean, you know, when you think about Netflix, uh, with 180 million or 190 million users, uh, that are paying them, you think about Snapchat, you think about Twitter with hundred to 200 million, you know, uh, active users, you know, those people aren't even paying Snapchat or Twitter for, for, uh, to be on the platform. Spotify is 138 million credit cards, people paying growing 27%. I think this is a huge asset. This They're quietly building one of the biggest subscription recurring uh, revenue businesses, almost at a 10 billion revenue run rate. And I think, you know, the growth that they put up in the, in the wake of COVID has been really, really impressive. But Spotify, they also have their ad-supported monthly active users. People are not paying. Those are up 31%. In terms of the financials, they're getting way more revenue from those premium users. 1.758 billion, up 17%. This is because you might be like, well, why did users grow 27%? Revenue is only up to 17%. Revenues report in euros, we have some foreign exchange uh, headwinds that's hurting the revenue growth. Also, ARPU average revenue per user with more family cheaper plans, um, sort of you know helping to focus on growth rather than monetization right now is causing the average revenue per user to go down. In long term, I expect that to reverse and go up, but that's you know dampening uh, premium revenue growth. So I would say what I'm trying to say here is the premium business, the users, the subscribers are doing way better than the revenue growth would insinuate, even though 17%, um, given all that's happening, it's not that bad. Ad support revenue down 21%, but this has nothing to do with Spotify. I mean, this is weakness in the advertising market. Look at Twitter, look at Snapchat, look at Facebook, look at Alphabet. Every single company with advertising is getting crushed. Even me with the YouTube channel, I'm seeing my revenue per view go down since COVID um, just because of softness in the advertising market. So that's what we're seeing there for Spotify. Total revenue up 13% to 1.8899 billion. Let's just jump over to hypercharts here so I can show you uh, visualize with charts. You can go to hypercharts.co slash Spotify if you want to check this out. Um, but I love this chart showing the you know growth in the user base, 299, 286, 138 million, those premium sub. Let's zoom in on them. Love this chart. This, this chart right here is literally like, why I'm long Spotify, a platform with 140 million people paying them nine or 10 bucks a month, or could be paying them nine or 10 bucks eventually. Now the average, I think is closer to four or five, um, you know, paying them that much money, 138 million people growing like crazy. I mean, this is the chart that to me shows the evidence of why I think Spotify is worth a hundred billion dollars today, frankly, because they have a hundred plus million people that love their platform, that spend a ton of time on it, that are paying them for it. Um, and it's going to take a while for them to truly monetize this premium sub user base for it to really grow into maturity, um, for them to have all these product offerings. But I think this is the most, if there was one number I would watch every single quarter if I was a Spotify shareholder, it's how many premium subscribers do they have? So anyway, 
That is what it is. Growing quickly, 138 million. Now, this is to visualize how the premium, that blue revenue segment, is so much bigger than the ad-supported revenue segment. Um, but this is going to be really interesting to see how this changes over time. I think Spotify will keep premium as a much bigger segment of revenue, but ad-supported will grow. And it has, you know, not really been that exciting. As you can see, the growth is looking super underwhelming because of this coronavirus impact here. Otherwise, it would be doing like going like this based on the user engagement trends. But I think this ad-supported business for Spotify over time has huge potential. And on the conference call, you really heard some very interesting comments. I'm going to get into my notes here from Daniel Eck about what he was saying is, you know, we want to be the future of all audio, not just music. This is a multi-billion user opportunity. In its current form, there are $50 billion worth of audio ads, um, of audio ad revenue around the world. And he thinks that a combination of premium revenue and advertising revenue is the future for basically all internet platforms. We've always played in both. We will always play in both advertising and premium. And over the long term, ads will become a bigger piece of the business. And I think the reason behind that is that, you know, one guy, Joe Rogan, Spotify, podcasts, what they're doing there to push into podcast advertising, I think is huge. They also just signed in, in this quarter a $20 million deal with Omnicon, a huge advertiser, to book $20 million worth of podcast ads. Podcast ads outperforming every other category in the quarter. So I think... As you know, Joe Rogan goes to Spotify in September and his free version of his show is there with ads, just like it was on YouTube with video. I think, you know, video ads, potential higher impression than audio ads. I think Spotify is on the cusp of a huge, huge growth um, in their advertising revenue, even though it may take a couple quarters to really take off. Additionally, I'm going to make a whole video about this and probably coming out like today or the day after you're watching this, um, but how Spotify is about to totally change how we monetize and discover podcasts with something called streaming ad insertion. This new pop-up, which I actually put in the uh, premium Patreon newsletter. Um, so shout out to all my Patreon subscribers. But when this came out, I've been thinking about this more and more. They were talking about it on the conference call. I mean, Spotify is using technology to come up with new ways to monetize the podcast with new ad formats that allow you to just click on a promotion, buy things directly, way up conversion, way up CPMs. Uh, you know, I personally am on Spotify as a podcaster. I have a really tough time monetizing my podcast version of my show. I only monetize the video version on YouTube, don't even monetize the audio version. So this, as a creator, really hits home with me. And I think there's a huge opportunity here and Spotify making the moves. Michelle Obama's podcast, Kim Kardashian's podcast, Joe Rogan's podcast, you know, The Ringer, ESPN, sort of new ESPN like sports show podcast. You know, Spotify is making the original content move, signaling to you that they want to be a leader in this vertical and that, you know, the eventually the content is going to lead and then that ad monetization will follow for that content. So, and, and you know, not only about the advertising business, but podcasting is also going to help with retention of the premium business. So it's really just tying into this massive flywheel that Spotify has. More content that you love equals more engagement equals more monetization opportunities for the company. Now let's take a look at revenue um, and operating income. So revenue growth, like I said, overall 13%, 1.889 billion euros uh, from 1.667 uh, billion, almost at a 2 billion USD. I think we're about 2 billion USD run rate per quarter, you know, a little over 8 billion USD revenue run rate. So for a $46 billion company, I think that's pretty cheap. We're going to get to more on that in a second. Gross profit for Spotify continuing to go up here. Um, this is also a number I like to watch. How profitable is that revenue? Spotify in a really interesting situation balancing, okay, how do we keep all these obligations with old record labels happy? How do we pay creators the most we can possibly pay them? Uh, you know, while getting our own margin, while moving into advertising, 
while also layering in, uh, you know, podcasts, a totally different stream of revenue. Um, so gross profit to me is also a really important metric to watch for Spotify. Um, and you know, 479 million, about 500 million USD a quarter, a little over that, 2 billion plus gross profit run rate and growing very quickly for Spotify as well. I think that justifies much higher than this valuation um, as well. But so gross profit doing well, operating income got hit really hard this quarter. Spotify about break even uh, is how they run their company. This quarter lost 167 million, but it's not as bad as you think. If you go into the shareholder letter here, there's a very interesting thing that I didn't realize, which is this social charges clause. So basically 31% of Spotify's employees work in Sweden and they're required to pay this 31% tax the Swedish government on the profit of employee realizes on the exercise of our stock options or the vesting of restricted stock units. Okay. Very complicated, but basically when Spotify's stock goes up because of Swedish laws, they have to count a cost of that increase in stock because it's stock comp to employees. And so that's kind of skewing the gap uh, income statements. And so that's important to keep in mind. It's not like Spotify's business got hit by Corona and that's why they had all these random expenses this quarter. And that's why the business lost more money. No, it's actually because the stock soared last quarter and they had to account for that storing, storing stock and employee compensation, all some paper accounting kind of games. And that is what actually hit the income statement. So very interesting to read in between the lines. Spotify's core business is doing great. And if we scroll up here, they're not talking to us about, okay, they do show us this operating loss number that I just showed, which incorporates that stock comp. But what do they also show us here? Free cash flow. Who cares about, you know, what number is on this line of the income statement, income, operating income, non-cash, this cash, you know, let's talk about the free cash flow. How much cash is in Spotify's balance sheet last quarter? How much is in this quarter? How much did the business pump out net net after everything? That's free cash flow. That's why it's one of the most commonly used metrics because um, it cuts through so much BS and Spotify here. 27 million in free cash flow for the quarter, down from 50 million. But the point is here, Spotify is running at break even. You know, their business actually producing a little bit of cash. And this is what I love about Spotify, um, why I feel very comfortable, you know, from a risk side of the investment perspective. They have 1.8 billion in cash and cash equivalents. Uh, you know, that's plenty of cash given they're not burning any. They don't need to raise money at all. Even when they did their IPO, I believe they didn't even sell stock. They just let employees sell stock. So they've shown, uh, you know, over the years, very sort of careful, you know, Daniel Ack is the CEO, owner, operator, founder. He built this company from scratch. You know, I love this. And he really treats his shares like gold and cares about his shares, doesn't want to dilute shareholders. Um, and I think Spotify doesn't need to dilute. They have 1.8 billion in cash. As the business grows, that cash flow margin is going to grow, but let's not let, let that cash flow pile up on the bottom line. We're going to have that cash flow to, you know, buy the next Joe Rogan podcast. They probably paid Joe Rogan 500 million for his podcast. And so, um, you know, they need the next 500 million to pay for the next Joe Rogan. So I love this Spotify strategy of invest really heavily into new original content, into new verticals like podcasting. I think that's what you're going to see for Spotify for five years. That's what I want them to, to, to see them do is dominate this market. Let's go from 300 million MAUs to a billion plus. We should be in full growth mode to get there. We should be using every single dollar of free cash flow to spend on new content, on growth, on getting our platform better, increasing engagement, making the product and service um, give more value to customers. And so that is what I'm seeing them invest in. And that's why I think it's kind of a runway freight train. They signed Michelle Obama, Kim Kardashian, and Joe Rogan in the same quarter. Nobody has the money to do that. Spotify isn't just in one country. A lot of their competitors are. They're global. 300 million people are using their platform. Why do you think Joe Rogan signed up for them? Because Spotify could go into a meeting with Joe Rogan and say, we are the world's largest audio platform. We're in pretty much every single country. We have this many people using it. We're growing like crazy. We are the largest audio platform. So I think that economies of scale, and for lack of a better term, Spotify doesn't want me to say this, but they are going to quickly emerge as a monopoly in the audio sort of 
audio first music podcast audiobook space if they're smart that's the vision that investors are betting on is that sort of netflix of sound or netflix of audio monopoly that i think is worth hundreds of billions of dollars and i actually even getting more sidetracked i think they're going to push into video Although on the conference call, Daniel X said they don't want to be a direct YouTube competitor, I think it's going to be very interesting to see how Spotify, now with the exclusive video rights to Joe Rogan, which I love watching video, moves into video advertising and video content. But their vision for Daniel X was saying video podcasts are more about like, oh, my podcast is on my phone. I'm listening to the four-hour Joe Rogan Post Malone thing. Um, you know, epic. They're tripping shrooms, doing a crazy podcast, talking about aliens, but I can't watch it for four hours. So I'm going to be on the go, on my jog, listening to it. It's in my pocket, but now they're, you know, talking about something really crazy alien story. I need to see a picture of that alien that they're talking about. I can just whip out my Spotify app and all of a sudden I got the video of Joe Rogan's podcast. Young Jamie got us the picture of the alien. Bam. So there's this kind of new type of content that freely flows in between mainly audio first. That's how I want to consume my podcast. But if I want to tap it in that video feed because I'm sucked into something they're saying or I want to engage with it in a certain way, then, you know, the video is very complimentary, but it's almost still audio first, not video first, a very different experience than you'd have in an app like YouTube or Snapchat. And so that's at least what Daniel X saying. Maybe he's downplaying it because he knows YouTube's on the conference call listening to them. But I thought that was interesting. So maybe it's less about Spotify going into video um, with the Joe Rogan thing and them having video there, but more, and they don't really want to become a YouTube competitor. They just really want to make podcasts work. And for podcasts to work, you need to include video. So anyway, lots going on right now. Another very interesting thing, shout out to one of my uh, subscribers and, or Twitter followers, because they keep tweeting me about this job that Spotify is posting about head of audiobooks. And so I hadn't even thought of that thing about Audible, this huge company that just does audiobooks. I mean, that's a huge vertical for audio content. Um, to, you know, audiobooks as well. I don't even know why I didn't think of that. So now Spotify, we're, they're dominating music. They're, do they're about to dominate podcasts. They're going to do audiobooks. I mean, they're making all the right strategic moves um, to really set themselves up for long-term success is the Netflix of sound. So now let's go back into this revenue and operating income chart. So Spotify, not profitable yet, but who cares? It's all about growth. Like I said, you know, they're so early in their business model. Um, so many of the businesses they're in are nascent that it's all about, you know, revenue growth. How many premium users are? How many revenue um, are you generating from those premium users? Almost 2 billion USD a quarter, a little over that. That is the number that I'm watching. And so Spotify gross margin. Additionally, this is really interesting um, to see. Is it going to hover around 25%? That's structurally a little bit lower than Netflix, maybe justifying a little bit lower valuation. Or will this start to bounce up as we see them hit more advertising? And I do think there was even a moment on the conference call where they joked about how advertising revenue gross margin would hit premium revenue gross margin. They were like, yeah, we think it can do better. It's like, duh. Have you seen the advertising gross margin for Facebook and Twitter and all these other companies? It could be way over 50%. So I think Spotify's advertising gross margin, which right now is dragging the whole company, could eventually be a leader for the whole company uh, going forward. And then, so in, in the long run, I see this gross margin chart as having a lot of upside. You know, my my gross margin at maturity for Spotify is in the 30%, not in the 20%. So we'll see if that happens. This is their revenue growth rate. It did come down a little bit here, the lowest growth in years, 13.32%. But remember, lots of Forex, lots of advertising revenue growth. I expect this revenue growth rate to pick back up in the coming quarters. Spotify to keep growing at 20 or 30% revenue for years and years to come. Business pumping out cash flow, profitable. That's a good sign. They're not in risk of, of needing to raise debt or you know running out of money or anything like that. Spotify is in amazing financial condition. 
One more number I want to throw out at y'all, uh, the, the podcast MAU engagement number. This is the number one number they're talking about with podcast is how many of our MAUs engage with podcasts. It was 21% um, in Q2. That was up from 19% in Q1. So that's a number um, they're continuing to tout. And they said consumption continues to grow at triple digits rates year over year. So the podcast, not only is it like making all these moves on the content side, but the actual users are already seeing an uptick in podcast content. You got to think when Joe Rogan goes in there, this is going to absolutely explode. In terms of financial output, Outlook going forward, Spotify is guiding for 312 to 317 million in MAUs, huge growth there, premium subscribers hitting a record 141.44, um, 1.85 to 2.05 billion euros in revenue, Q4 guidance looking at you know continued growth there, premium subscribers ending around 150 million to end the year, Revenue from 2.05 billion to 2.25 billion euros at the midpoint. And so, you know, and they're assuming a pretty good headwind uh, due to year of year movements in foreign exchange rates. So they're assuming that well, gross margin right about in line, not uh, increasing that much as well. My big takeaway from this quarter on Spotify, you know, we're seeing really strong continued high 20% growth in premium users. That's awesome. Same similar growth rate in MAUs. That is really all that matters at the end of the day. Can they keep growing their premium subscribers and their monthly active users at a fast rate and show that engagement and continue on the track they're on to being the Netflix of sound. I think this is so, so important. In the long run, the monetization, revenue per user, profitability, gross margin, that's all going to take care of itself if the product is amazing and they can scale from 300 million monthly active users to a billion and from you know 138 million premium users to 300 million. I think this is really possible in the next five to 10 years for Spotify. That's the opportunity. I think they are perfectly on track and I think there's so many amazing, like the, the way they run their company, I think the biggest reason I'm a share and I'll get down to all of this is I'm a huge fan of Daniel Ek. The CEO, you know, the biggest asset or liability a company has is not on their balance sheet. It's who's in the boardroom. And at Spotify, it's Daniel Ek. He's young. He's a visionary. The way he's allocating the capital that Spotify has now that they're big enough to pump out a little excess cash flow, the way he's investing that in new creators and buying new businesses like Anchor, which I run my audio on for, for hyperchange content. I mean, I think he's a genius capital allocator. It's almost like you're not even investing in Spotify for what it is today, but you're investing in Spotify for the next 10 moves that Daniel Ek makes. I believe he has the vision for the music industry. He started with streaming. He has a vision for podcasts now. He has a vision for audiobooks. He has a vision for how to monetize podcasts um, and fix that whole industry, which I'm about to make another video on. Um, but... And I, you know, and I just see him on the cusp of executing that. And that's why I think, sure, you know, 2 billion USD revenue run rate per quarter, you know, 8 billion, let's call it a year in, in revenue run rate right now for Spotify for 46 billion. I think that's a pretty cheap multiple, but the bottom line is that 8 billion in revenue run rate is nothing. It's still in the infancy of what this is going to become. Spotify is going to scale to way over 10 billion in revenue run rate, probably closer to 20, 30, 40, 50 billion at maturity. Like I think this has huge potential as a business to double or triple in size still. Um, and then eventually the profitability economics um, once Spotify doubles again to you know 16 billion USD in annual revenue is gonna be very attractive we're gonna be looking at 10 or 15 percent operating margins cash flow margins um, this is gonna be an extremely profitable business it's and, and it's really just gonna empower so many uh, creative people to help them monetize their art that's why I love Spotify like I'm a huge fan of the mission pumped to be a shareholder loving this quarter perfect on the right track and I have like a crazy moonshot business podcast episode coming in for Spotify. So stay tuned for that uh, coming out in the next day or two. Anyway, this is HyperChange. I'll see y'all next time. Peace.